All right, welcome to another edition of the Sailing Doodles podcast. I'm Bobby. And this is Laura. And today's topic is what it's like living on a boat. And the answer is... Everything. Is... Harder. Everything is much harder. Everything is much harder, yeah. Everything is much harder, so... And also... Nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. Well, that kind of goes to say, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. It's uh, you know, everything from cooking to cleaning and everything. Okay, it's hard enough to do that when you're living in a house or an apartment. Well, you don't have a night watch at home. <laughs> right. That's well, for that's sure. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, I mean, uh, you know, your boat's always moving. Even in a marina, it's, it's moving a little bit. And so doing those things can be a little bit harder. So, mm-hmm. but I uh, want to thank you guys uh, for making this possible. Uh, it's you guys, the listeners and the viewers of our YouTube channel. If you haven't checked that out, you can check it out uh, YouTube and just search Sailing Doodles and you can find our stuff. But uh, we have patrons and we, they go to patreon.com slash sailing doodles or you can just go to sailingdoodles.com. And you guys are the one that, uh, ones that actually help us continue to be able to do this. Keep it going. There you go. And of course, we always thank uh, Gulf Charters Thailand and Island Spirit Catamarans for letting us use this boat for a little while. If it wasn't for them. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing it, so... All right, so the first little, I guess, section of what it's like living on the boat is what? Close quarters. You're always in close quarters. That's right. It, it seems, you know... You can always see someone almost. Right. Someone close by. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, you live in a house or an apartment, you know, you got different rooms. I mean, you have different rooms on a boat, but, you know, they're right there. The square footage is much different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you got to think about that. So there's always someone close by. So that means you have limited privacy. I mean, it, true. It, people can hear you, smell you. Yep, absolutely. See you. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, if it's just two people living on a boat, I mean, I guess it's not that much difference. You'd be kind of doing that anyway. But you know, if you have friends over and all that, it's you know, normally they have their own room and bedroom, and they kind of do, but it's a lot smaller and it's a lot closer to everything you have. Mm-hmm. Or there's a good hallway that separates right, you. Right. Oh, hey, you know what? We didn't. We forgot to start this one. So there you go. Uh, cheers. Cheers. So we forgot that one. Uh, so speaking of which, awareness. <laughs> um, you have to be aware of your own noise and cleanliness and all that. I mean, uh, yeah, because if you're not picking up as you go, then mm-hmm. you're just kind of yeah making it harder for someone else. Whether it's making a sandwich or yeah. whatever. Yeah, if you leave your crumbs out, I mean, it's just you know for the next person to, have to deal with. So that's a whole other topic. Yeah, we get bugs that and all that. Yeah, but the, you know, so bathrooms, obviously, you know, you you might have your own private head, but it's not quiet really and not really that private. Yeah, so we have a couple different types of bathrooms: mm-hmm. one that pumps and ones that. That's right. electric, right. and both of those make noise. And they use different things. I mean, so the electric pumps, uh, the electric heads would have macerator pumps in them. They actually use fresh water, um, and so it actually keeps the smell down a lot. Um, the, so if you use seawater to pump your um, head. head, then basically, you know, it reacts with the ammonia or whatever it is in your pee and all that. It just makes it smell a lot worse and gets dirtier, so... Freshwater pump, but then the downside is that the freshwater pumps use your fresh water. I think a lot of people pee at night too. Yeah. So if I pee at night, I don't flush till the morning just because I don't want to wake anyone up. Well, but that's with the electric pump that have fresh water. If the with the pump out toilets that use seawater, you don't actually want to let your pee sit in the toilet overnight like that because that will just put it'll calcify and leave deposits on the toilet. So you don't necessarily want to do that. Really? Because whose toilet's calcified and whose isn't? Well, that's because. Well, I do need to, uh, <laughs> you, you really need to scrub your toilet at least once a week just to keep that from happening. Because once the calcification sets in, it's really hard to get off. You have to use CLR to get it off or yeah, scrape it off. it seriously looks like cement yeah. on cement. Yeah, like, I don't know how you... Well, so think about think about your the, the, the hoses inside your toilet. I mean, that's that's happening the whole time. They're not cleaning that. So eventually the hoses need to be replaced too because they'll calcify like arteries, like, like 
cholesterol. What? There you you go. just gave a health analogy? I did what? give a health analogy. Uh, and so, you know, when, when, you're at a, when you're at a marina, you you don't poo in your own toilet. You go to the marina to do that. Yes, number twos. It's just to use a facility. I mean, unless you use your bathroom, mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably not going to break. Yeah. And so that kind of goes into our next subject is anchoring um, versus in a marina. And in a, in, when you're, in a, when you're anchoring, you want the, the head to be, you want, you want to, the, you want the overboard to be closed because what you're going to do is you're going to put it in your holding tank. And then the next time you go sail, you get three miles offshore, you empty your tanks. Um, and that goes along with. Are you using toilet paper or right. not? Are you flushing there or not? Right. Um, we don't use toilet paper in our toilets. Right. So therefore, we do empty out mm -hmm. when we're yeah. three miles offshore. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you, you, and when you're anchoring, obviously, you can shower aboard. That's no big deal. Um, and you can do all the business you need to do in the toilet because <laughs> uh, there is no alternative. Fair um, game. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so when you're in a marina... Uh, Basically. Well, also when you're anchoring, it's different because you have a dinghy, mm -hmm. so you're dinging to land, mm -hmm. you know, and for us, we have dogs, they yeah. need a dinghy to land. I mean, we need a shop, food. Well, that, that's the thing too, is you got to think about your dinghy in the land. Unless there's a dinghy dock you're taking your dinghy to, you're probably landing it on the beach and then you're tracking sand back in the boat and the dogs oh, do that. And that like cleaning. Yeah. And yeah. once, yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes it more difficult, but you know, you have more scenic views than sitting in a marina. Well, I mean, if you are in a marina, though, you want to keep your tanks closed just like you would at anchor, and you're going to have to pump out about at least every week, um, sometimes more often than that. It just depends on how much you're using your yeah. toilet and how much you're using your facilities. Yeah. And again, you know, don't do number poo in your own toilet. Go to the go to the marina. It's got showers and stuff there. It's just, it's not only for the smell. It is for the smell because that it's sitting in your holding tank, and it doesn't matter how well it's sealed. That's going to smell a little funky. Well, the less you use your boat, yeah, the you less know, you have less to pump risk it out. for yeah things breaking, mm -hmm. and then you know mm -hmm. you don't have to pump it out as often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the facilities are nice. It's always nice to have that extra elbow room in the bathroom like right. you're not bashing your elbows yeah, trying to shampoo your hair and yeah. like or just because you know when you shower on a boat i mean the way you do it i think we get into this in a minute later yeah but but it's it's well i mean it's actually to our next topic fun bath yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll get it but, but i mean but, you know another thing is when you're in the marina you can walk off the dock not right. dinghy off right and that's very convenient and yeah. nice it's easier to get in and out it's easier to walk the dogs because, you know, with the dogs, I mean, I, when we're at Anchor, I have to go ashore at least three times a day just to let them do their business. Yep. And or they, and they if we need beer runs and, and we stuff need beer like runs. that. There's I other know. important things. But with the dinghy when you're in a marina, sometimes you still use it as your taxi or yeah. to get to other places easily. Yeah. You don't have to. Well, we've done that before. We've been in the marina and, yeah, it's rather than get a taxi, we can just dinghy over to the next little bay or whatever mm -hmm. we're doing. So. And walking our dogs, yeah. you know, yeah. they and so that, run right off. So that kind of goes into water usage. Um you know, in a marina, you can use basically all the water you want. Um, some marinas meter it. Um, some meter. Some marinas don't. I'd say it depends on where you are. So if you're getting metered, you're paying per gallon. Per but gallon. More often than not, it's you're filling up your tanks and it's yeah, and it's just unlimited. included in your slip fee. Right. But but that's not necessarily true in the Caribbean. In a lot of places in the Caribbean, true. it's metered, and water can be very expensive there. I paid I paid forty cents a gallon before in Georgetown. They have like a free uh, like uh, a free water place for at the at the grocery store where you can fill up your water jugs. But if you want to fill up your whole boat and you have like three or four hundred gallons, sometimes. Well, the rationale behind that though is these places don't have ponds or lakes right. or streams or mountains 
bringing down water. They yeah. actually Desa- ship in their water. Or desalinate, which costs money. True. Yeah. And so that can be a, a pain. Um, and so, you know, in a marina, you always fill up your tanks before you go sailing. Um, you know, it just makes That's it important. Easier. It yeah. is. And, and you- if you've ever filled up your tanks before, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't want to run dry because yeah. you'll be sitting out there. I mean, I feel like it takes forever to fill up one tank and we have, what, four? Yeah. Yeah. Well, each tank is like, uh, you know, almost 100 gallons, so uh, it takes a while. Yeah. I think we have 250 gallons, so it's, yeah, it's about 65 gallons each one. But that takes a while to fill up because it's not like high pressure And water. for me, I feel like it's a gallon a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Do that math. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you're when you're anchoring, you have to be aware of your water usage because you're not going to be able to refill it right away. Um, yep. And so it really depends on when your boat needs to be refilled, how much, you know, if you're only going to be sailing, you're going to be out anchoring for three or four days and you're going back to a marina or a place you can fill up water, great, use it how you want. Yeah, if it's a one-day sail, fine. Yeah. If it's a four-day sail. It's a different story. And then also you should just budget in case if, you know, there's weather or something, yeah. things get delayed or yeah. you're anchoring out, whatever. I mean, a good fix to all this is having a water maker, uh, but those are expensive and not everybody has them and they use water, I mean, they use energy to, to process the water. Um, to make it for you know the salt water and they into it just basically desalinates the water reverse off and i guess the rule of um water maker is you don't use it when you're an anchor because the water around you is kind of still i don't know yeah it's like open ocean water yeah basically these uh the filters uh, the the way these water makers work from my knowledge is they you know they really fine filters and they and it basically filters out all the sediment and salt and all that stuff reverse osmosis i'm not exactly sure how it works but i know that if you use dirty water if you're in a marina or you're in an anchor that's kind of polluted and all that Your that filter. stuff yeah the filters get clogged a lot faster so you want to do it when you're out sailing in fresher fresh, cleaner you know, cleaner water moving water yeah. okay. but you know a water maker can definitely make things easier we're going to get a water maker so well it's in the mail it is in the mail it should be here it's, it's actually sitting in tijuana it's been there for about a week but <laughs> um you know when you're so when you're underway you know on a long passage uh you know, use your water sparingly. I mean, unless you have a water maker, but even then, you should. Our plan is is when we sail across the Pacific, is that I have three tanks. When one or four tanks. When one right. of those tanks empties, we'll switch over to the next tank, but we'll immediately fill that tank with the water maker that that is empty. That way, if the water maker fails, should ever break. Should ever, we know we still have seventy five percent of our water, and at that point, we go on severe water rationing. Right. You know, it's only for drinking at that point. Um, Yay! Yeah, hey. <laughs> Yay! Lots <laughs> of cannonballs into yeah, the ocean. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But, and so, you know, you just want to be ready for all that. Um, and so, if you don't have a water maker, you know, and it depends on how much water you have and how long the sail is, but, you know, we used to, because my old boat, we only carried 60 gallons of water. Yeah, you can get creative in how to not use fresh water and utilize the salt mm-hmm. water. Well, we would, yeah, we would pre-clean our dishes and seawater. We'd actually use a five-gallon bucket and get a get a thing of water and soap and soap it all up and then we would just rinse them in fresh water well we use our puppies first they like oh, to yeah. do dishwashers <laughs> we call them our pre-cleaners the pre-cleaners uh, and then we do the dunking and mm-hmm. then you can do a quick rinse with fresh yeah, water yeah. and then showering and all that uh, a lot of people it's, it's you know don't understand the proper way to shower on a boat you well another thing is back to dishes we're used to running the water while you're uh-huh. scrubbing. You turn it off. So, and I think you use the most water on a boat mm-hmm. actually doing your dishes. So Absolutely. There's that. And now showering. Yes. Well, and so that's the thing is like, you like saying with dishes. So, you know, a lot of people at home, you just leave the faucet on and you wash the dishes and they, you know, leave the water running. Well, here you, you get the dish wet, turn the water off, scrub it, turn the water back on to rinse it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with showering. You 
get in the shower in the boat and then you turn it on get wet turn the water off soap up scrub up do all that and then turn the water back on to rinse off mm -hmm. that way you're using less water so um and then laundry it's like a sponge bath yeah you yeah, know it is basically it is. well nurse you've done a lot of sponge baths <laughs> exactly yeah kind of gross so that's yeah that's gotta be weird sponge bathing somebody sponge bathing it's not that bad what if they're just what if I you're mean, caring for someone i know but what if they're kind of creepy and you know no they, one's ever creepy when you're a patient okay but if they're enjoying the they, sponge bath too much you know i work in the icu okay <laughs> so right. they're not really enjoying their time there <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay all right well like so so then with water you know you go into the laundry and all that oh my favorite yeah well, actually i hate the laundry it takes forever coin laundry is a nightmare yeah but i mean like so in, in la paz here we found a place that'll do a load of laundry for three bucks like somebody will do it and fold it and you're like great there you go yeah you just come back yeah. and it's like magic it's magic it's done for three dollars a load i'm like oh but, they don't even ask for soap or anything yeah but, I mean, so if you're doing a long crossing and all that laundry uh, can be an issue. I mean, if you're doing a couple weeks, you know, you don't have enough clothes to go around. Uh, so if you have a water maker, okay, kind of rinse them and wash them. And, and you know, you, there's several ways you can do that. Some people just put it in a five-gallon bucket with a little bit of soap. And then, you know, the motion of the boat will kind of rock it and all that. And, you know, it'll do your, you know, underwear and stuff like that pretty I'm thinking easy. if clothes are soiled, you can use salt water. And yeah. then, yeah, I throw Well, some people do. Bucket. They get a, a pretty, you wouldn't want to use your standard laundry bag because I don't think they're strong enough, but you get a, a solid mesh bag that is not going to rip or anything. And you can put all your clothes in that and then tie it to a line, throw it off the back of the boat, let it run for three or four hours, and then you pull it in. It's all the soiled stuff is gone. Then you just rinse them in salt water or fresh water. We kind of did go. that once with somebody's shoes. Yeah, did that I it, I worked, didn't it? <laughs> it did. No, it worked my shoes great. don't smell that bad anymore. <laughs> so thank you. She did. They pulled a joke on us. And, and uh, all of a sudden I look off the back of the you know transom there and I'm like, wait, are there? What are we dragging behind us? And I noticed they have my shoes tied to a rope. But then we also noticed bioluminescence. Oh, yeah. That's how we noticed the bioluminescence, too. We're like, oh, wow, that's cool. So, it's glowing. Yeah. So, anyway. What so, were in those stinky shoes? Yeah, You're making water glow. Well, I, I, who knows? <laughs> Toxic. Yeah. But, so, you know, our next little subject there is cleaning My the favorite thing to do. Yeah. I oh, never she's a little OCD. You stop. are. You are. You're, you're a little bit uh, obsessive compulsive about cleaning. Well, it's related to. It's great. You know, I took microbiology, and I mean, I see you nurse with a lot of infections, so I go a little yep. bit crazy on trying to prevent things from happening. Yep. So you got the ABCs of cleaning, which is always be cleaning. Always be cleaning. You got to avoid the bogs, mold, mildew, and all that. Once there, it's hard to remove. It is. I mm -hmm. don't want to see them. It is. So I mean, it's like I mean, basically, you are living in a tiny home. So any amount of clutter or uh, uncleanliness I mean you see it all the time and it makes a big difference yeah so there's like some big basic rules like empty refill yeah take it out put it back yeah. if mess you make... it up clean it yeah. up if you if you use the last of it refill it you know I mean it's all that kind of stuff because if you don't I mean it's a shared tiny it living is. space you know mm -hmm. so like even if you're like oh, I want to get that in five minutes well if somebody else wants to come in and use the galley yeah and your mess is already there and the stove is already small and the sink is already small it's just kind of like well now they can't do what they want to do so mm -hmm. it's just awareness and so so far everybody except one person that have we've had all cleaned yeah, as they go, cleaned as they go. And this, the one guy that didn't i won't mention his name just for legal purposes there but i don't want to even get into it Whatever. the guy was a nightmare but he didn't clean it was it was annoying and so it, it really made the trip a well, lot less fun for us because we are always having to deal with his mess and his trash it was yeah it was almost 20 days what oh, was it it was days. too long yeah. to be cleaning up after someone and reminding them hey everything that you're spilling can attract bugs we're yeah. getting into warmer waters we need to be more aware because 
what we were warned is these ants will actually walk up your dock lines. Yeah, roaches will and do the move same thing. In. Roaches so, and mice will walk on your dock lines and get so you got to be aware of that if you if you have a lot of trash. And another thing combo. is if you're not cleaning as you're going like, "Oh, I'll just clean it up with bleach." Well, you know, that your cleaning products in your mm-hmm. boat too are essentially eventually going out yeah. into the ocean. So, that's mm-hmm. not really an option either. It's just yeah. be clean. Yeah. And so a lot uh, with with cleaning comes you know your waste and your waste and your trash. What do you do with that? How do you cuz you really have to have clean trash when you're sailing. I know that sounds weird. Cuz there's no dumpster and there, you're yeah. not throwing the ocean, so it's hanging out with you. So if you have a if you have uh, some canned food and you open up the canned food and then you pour it out, you do it and then you throw the can in your trash. Well, there's a lot of food still left in that can and that will start to decompose and rot and smell bad and attract bugs. Right. I know a lot of people probably rinse their spaghetti yeah. jars, you know, yeah. Yeah, get that little extra sauce, yeah. but you got to do that basically with everything. Yeah, you got to so rinse everything rinse it out. out. Yeah, so you rinse the can out before you put it in the trash and then that way your clean, your trash stays a lot cleaner, reduces the smell and the bug attraction and everything. And this is relative to how long, you know, your sale's going to be. For us, you know, we're going to spend at least 18 days at sea. Yeah. So we're going to have 18 days of trash with this. Yeah. I mean, so and in the sun Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going to rinse our stuff off to decrease smell. And and, and then, then you have the problem of where do you store the trash? Because you're not, you can't just throw it in the ocean. I mean, that's, ter- I mean, that'd be an awful thing to do. So, I mean, where do you store the trash? You got to think about that. And, you know, if it's smelly trash, you obviously don't want it in the cabin, but, you know, so you, that's why you want to limit the smelly trash. But So what are we going to do with it? Um, well, I say it depends on what we're doing. If, if, if it's, we'll be storing our dinghy on deck, so we won't do it there. But if you say you've got your dinghy and davits or you're towing it behind you, we just put our trash in the, in the dinghy back there. Um, you know, we have that forward hold where we'll probably store our trash when we're underway that long. Yeah. So wow. you got to find a place to store it where it doesn't hopefully smell up the rest of your stuff and try to keep your trash as clean as possible. Right. So and like throw all your, throw all the like the biodegradable stuff. If you're making eggs in the morning, throw the eggshells overboard. You yeah, know? that's another thing. If if it's not plastic cans and paper, mm-hmm. you know that obviously needs to go into go into a trash bag. But the veggie peels, fruit, meat, biodegradables, yeah. all that you can throw in the ocean. Yeah. And so, and, and speaking of throwing in the ocean, like you said earlier, you got to watch your cleaning products. I mean, they can be environmentally unsafe because eventually all the stuff you put in your sink, the bleach or whatever, is going to yep. go out into the water. Yep. Aren't they saying something about the Great Barrier Reef? Reef is yeah, like bleaching. just bleached so hard, yeah. it's like considered it's dead or yeah. something. Yeah. So, like when you say cleaning products, I mean, that's even the soap you're using to scrub your dishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's in your bathrooms. It's not just bleaching surfaces and toilets, it's your shampoo, it's your toothpaste, it's, yeah. it's everything. Yeah. You want to be aware of that. Yeah, because you pump that into the sea, and, you know, we all need to do our part to protect marine life. And, yeah. I mean, I don't think this topic gets enough awareness and probably needs much more. Mm-hmm. So everybody needs to do their part, land or sea. Yep. Um, and so our next topic, kind of getting away from the whole cleaning and, and now all that, is what do you know, what's it like when you're underway? And we kind of broke this section into, like, different areas of the boat where you're hanging out and all that. Yeah, what's happening where? So, you know, generally where most people I've found... Spend, Where's your favorite? My bed. What? <laughs> no. The cockpit. cockpit. The cockpit. Don't lie. I know. That's you where, just want to sleep all right, yeah, this yeah. right away? Well, no, you yeah, don't. Yeah. No, uh, the cockpit's where everybody hangs out. I mean, that's where you're playing cards, games, you're talking, fishing... The dogs Barbecue. like that, barbecuing, yeah. It's meals. A, we eat a lot of meals up there. Yeah. 
And you see a lot of marine life, whales and dolphins. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we've seen some huge pods of dolphins. Like, I've the biggest one was probably a thousand dolphins in a pod. Oh, and they're, and they're swimming in your bow wave, and it's just amazing. Row after row after oh, row. Oh, I've never My seen anything like it. My favorite is ghost dolphins. Ghost the dolphins <laughs> and the bioluminescence. <laughs> ghost dolphins. We thought she had done some drugs or something at once because she was on night watch and she saw well, what I she thought af- were ghost dolphins. I was afraid to even tell anyone because I was like, I don't know what I was seeing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> then I told them in the morning, and they were like, she's crazy. <laughs> But then <laughs> we were pulling your shoes. Yeah, and we saw the bioluminescence. And then they're like, it's bioluminescence. Yeah, so like, it was bioluminescence. It was so much bioluminescence. Then we saw it another time, which was really cool. With our scuba squad. Yeah, we saw it. There was about five or six of us on the boat, and I saw it. And it was just, there was so much bioluminescence in the water that we saw the dolphin trails for like hundreds underwater, of feet. Yeah. Underwater. Underwater. There's splashes. It was really amazing. Everything. It you could really see special. how they torpedoed under one side of the boat, yeah, like then, port, and went over to starboard. Yeah. Here yeah. I come. Yeah. It was great. It was pretty cool. And, and so a lot of the reason people hang out in the cockpit also is it's it's probably the best place to eliminate seasickness. Because you, yeah. you actually have a horizon to see. I've been there, done that. I've gone downstairs thinking I'm going to make everybody a sandwich or something. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know, just kind of a subtopic there about, you know, when you know what's life like on a boat it is seasickness. You, you know, some people are more prone to seasickness than others. I mean, you got it occasionally, but I think after a little while you're fine. Yeah, mine mine isn't horrific yeah. like I've seen before, and mine usually is related to drinking the night before. <laughs> right. I mean, woo. so I mean, there's people that I thought for sure are going to get seasick, and they have it. And there's people that you know, big old manly men that oh no, they're starting to get a little sick. You know, yeah. it's just the way it goes. You never know, you never know. But generally speaking, um, in a few days it goes away. Uh, in my in my experience, people that have seasickness in a couple days they're okay. And, you know, they just get better. For me, if I hang out in the cockpit, yeah. I usually can get past it. I mean, and you look at the horizon, too. That can mm-hmm. help. If you're downstairs getting thrown around, mm-hmm. that doesn't help in any And, you know, so most people hang out there during the daytime. At night, you know, so you'll have to set a night watch, but we'll kind of get into yeah. that a little later. At night, you need people yeah, there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you just got to keep it organized, too. It's a shared space. Yep. It's small. It's, you know, it's like two benches with a narrow table. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, sometimes they're smaller than that. That's what we have. Yeah. And so, just a couple beer cans can clutter it Right, up. exactly. And two labradoodles. So that brings us to the main salon. It's, uh, you know, it's not used as much as you would think. You know, you would think it's the main area where people hang out, but people rarely do, actually. I think we've watched one movie down here. Yeah, and we've hung out and done a meal or two, maybe. Because it was cold. Yeah. But other than that, we do most of our meals up in the cockpit, and we really don't hang out here too much. Mm-mm. I come down to turn the music on. Right, right. But. And I kind of think that this table will be for a puzzle. Right, I'll right. put a puzzle together on our crossings, <laughs> okay, okay. since we don't use it that much. Right. <laughs> uh, so then the bedrooms on a boat, I mean, each boat's unique. I mean, they have different layouts and all that. But the aft, uh, or the, the back cabins, uh, they tend to be more comfortable and stable and, like, uh rough weather and stuff like that uh, mm-hmm. just because they're further back in the boat and they don't pitch up and down as much as the bow and if you were to roll side to side you've got a wall side yeah, to yeah well it depends on the layout of the boat but yeah yeah okay some of them are a little different but but the problem with the aft cabins though is that they're often louder because um, that's where the motor is in most boats and the autopilot um, and then you got stairs above you and you got the cockpit right above you. Cockpit where all the fun is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All the talking and games and barbecuing. Yeah, so I mean, it has its trade offs. And then, so you, of course, the forward cabins are much uh, much rougher in, in rough weather. Um, they pitch up and down. You said when you were sleeping up there, you might have been thrown off a couple times. Well, I was like, maybe this, be- this bed needs a seat belt. I was <laughs> right. like, okay. So I literally slept in like the 
jumping jacks position. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Hold myself in. Right. Uh, but the good part about that forward cab is they generally tend to be a little quieter because you're away from the noise of the motor and people and, and autopilot and all that stuff. So that's that. And then, so then the galley and, and the kitchen, um, you know, it can be pretty... Just be, like a house. Yeah. Everybody likes to congregate. Yeah, and so it can be pretty crowded. Um, and in our boat especially, there's only one little walkthrough, and it goes right through the galley, and so it can be very crowded trying to go back and forth. Exactly. Um, and so you do have a limited cooking space. Um, you know, you just have one little oven. Right. The oven's much smaller. The mm -hmm. stovetop's smaller. The mm -hmm. sinks are smaller. Right. You know, like... Your refrigerator's smaller. Yeah, and for us, at least we have an island. You know, mm -hmm. that kind of helps. Right. So people can get in and out of the fridge because our fridge, you know, it opens like a chest. Mm -hmm. You know, it's top loading, not... That's the way you want on a cruising boat, though, because it, it helps keep the cold air in. Like, if you have a front-loading refrigerator, it tends to... As soon as you open that refrigerator, all the cold air goes out. Right. But if you're, like, chopping up vegetables and need to get something in the yeah, fridge, suddenly you're you like, You have to clear Ugh. all the space out. Yeah, it's kind of a pain. But uh, so cooking in, and cooking in rough weather can be <laughs> impossible. So I'm just like fantasizing worst case scenario out at sea, you know, what would happen? And I'm thinking chopping off a finger oh, or the well, fridge door falling down on a hand. Yeah, yeah, that could you happen. You know, like I'm oh, like, yeah. ooh. So, I mean, if it's really rough and we know it's going to be rough, we'll, we'll kind of pre-prepare some meals. Right. Um, and so maybe all we do is heat them up or maybe they just eat them cold or whatever. Or do sandwiches, something like Cause that. Because it can get rough. Like yeah. you're being thrown side to side yeah. sometimes and you know you don't have i mean we do have a microwave on this boat but we almost never use it yeah so at home you use your microwave a lot but we just basically put a shelf in front of ours and we don't use yeah. it at all we I mean, occasionally stove. when we're in a marina we'll use it but it's it, on you know because it runs it uses a lot of power we used it once for pizza right and we forgot the pizza in it <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah but hey it would sorry but so you know the stove tops and so all we that. So we know it works. Yeah, we know it works. <laughs> stove tops are so the oven and the stove top are gimbaled in most boats. Some of the, some catamarans don't have a gimbaled, but I think. And what they that means is they move with the waves. Right. So the the it's like a the 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 the, the stove top will always stay horizontal to the to the to the horizon, not the wave or whatever. Right. It looks like the stove is the only thing moving, but in reality, it's the boat the moving stove, around it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. boat's moving. The stove's not. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, you know, you got to think about that. Your oven is smaller than most uh, household units. You can't put as much stuff in there. And we run off propane. Propane. Not electric. Right. So, right. temperature so, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's harder to keep it. Yeah. It, you know, the, the generally the temperature sensors on those aren't as good and all that. And then you do have to think about it. You do have a gas on, on a boat that could explode. You know, so you got mm -hmm. you got sensors and alarms and all that, and you have to have extra tanks. Our alarm went off once because mm -hmm. our window had water come in it. And no, I think it was I think triggered. it was the gasoline smell actually. That remember what? you spilled a little gasoline. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it was. Turns that. out, yeah, the dinghy <laughs> has a gas tank, and yeah. you're supposed to close it. Right. Yeah. The vent and, uh, and, put and it didn't quite happen. But that's okay. It happens. But so you know, we have we, we have a couple of those ten pound ten pound propane tanks, and we I found that they they last about two months each. So yeah, and so that's the really the the boat layout there, and and on most boats are very similar to that, and that's kind of what you can expect from each place. Um, kind of one thing you have to think about that a lot of people don't, um, especially when you're doing a long crossing, um, is night watch. 
Yeah, uh, if there's two people, that's going to oh, be tough to do. after to do. days and days yeah, and days. Yeah, for days and days and days. I mean, you're, you're doing... We like to do two to three hour shifts, depending on how many people. Two hours is great. If you can do a two hour shift, because by the time... By the, by about the time that two hours is up, you're, you're exhausted and you're getting replaced. Well, it's just... There's just something about, like, being the pitch black, mm-hmm. alone, yeah. being rocked to sleep, yeah. and not a lot of things you're seeing, yeah. that two hours seems like a really long yeah. time. But it really depends on how many people you have. I mean, you know, if you only have two people in two hours, you, you have to do at least three-hour shifts so that somebody has time to get some sleep and all that. But then... I think our my favorite night watch was when we had friends. Yeah. Basically, the boat was full, and we did it in pairs. Yeah. So you had we someone to talk to. did a two-hour or... shift with somebody else, yeah. Um, it is a responsibility, though, and I mean, it's something you have to take into consideration. It's especially... a responsibility because it's safety issue. Yeah, yeah. you have to watch out for, for boats and offshore oil rigs, uh, debris, which is hard to find. I mean, it's, you know, especially if it's dark outside, you're almost never going to see it. But... But for me, I just think that there's going to be a ghost ship. Right, a ghost ship. You know, ship. those horror movies where there's just that ghost ship in the middle of the ocean right, right. with no lights on. I think you watch too many movies. I don't watch any movies, <laughs> but like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, you have to. Or land, like not our navy doesn't yeah. always tell us where land is. Well, yeah, I mean, it's some your navigation is not always a hundred percent correct on there. I mean, we've seen several places where, like last night, we were sailing in, and uh, it showed a light, but I know for a fact that there was a rock there too, and it wasn't on the chart. It's a small rocky island. Yeah, it's a little small island. Yeah, so, we dove there to see the seals. Yeah, like, and we so know we knew it was there, but it's not showing up on our chart. So it's something you got to be aware of. Um, and, and the light was so wimpy. Yeah. Was pretty, like, yeah. if you're sleepy, I mm-hmm. don't even know if you'd see that. Yeah. Like, and, and so it's just one of those things you have to consider. And, uh, you know, it's, it's generally more important in heavily, more heavily trafficked areas or closer to land. Once you're out in the middle of the Pacific, especially the route we're taking, there should be very, very few boats. Well, that's there. when I think and, we're going to no see land. our ghost ships. Right, we're not going to see a ghost ship. <laughs> but, I mean, a big point here is the entire crew that's sleeping yeah. is depending on you to be awake. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's it's a safety thing and it's a responsibility. Yeah, and, and if you're the if you're going to be the replacement on the white night shots, so, so say you have the 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. shift, well, that person that you're replacing at 2 a.m. might might have been up for two hours and is tired so it's a responsibility don't be late get up or 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 just tell that person hey come wake me up five minutes before my shift or something like that we had one guy again same guy that we're not real happy with he uh he was always late or just wouldn't show up for a shift and i'm like how would you like that if nobody showed up nobody showed up for your shift you know yeah i mean you just force other tired crew members Mm -hmm. To do your shift, yeah. and that's just rude. Yeah, it can be fun though. I mean, it's you know, especially uh, you know, ghost dolphins and stuff that you see. Yeah, <laughs> not about ghost, ghost dolphins ships. rock. Yeah, I was like, yeah. the only thing that could be better is a whale right. with the blowhole right. of bioluminescence. Cool That'd be cool. <laughs> and so, speaking of fun, you know, we we this whole podcast we've been talking about how how difficult things are and 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 how much work there's to do, and there is a lot of work to do. But we do the work because it's a lot of fun. It's too. a lot of fun. Um, uh, and it really is. It's definitely worth all the trouble that you have to go through. I mean, like yeah, it makes it worth it. Yeah, and and so you know, a thirty thousand dollar boat or a thirty million dollar boat, you know, you have the same view. You know, you're at the same anchorage and you have the same view. Obviously, it's probably a little more luxury on the big expensive boat. Or, Someone's bringing you like right, mimosas mimosa. or something. <laughs> Bobby, well, I bring get. I bring you mimosas, so yeah. You no, do. Yeah. But you get the same sunrise and sunsets. You get the same beaches, you know, and you're always making new friends. And there's always excursions to do. I mean, we might go hiking tomorrow 
I love the excursions. Yeah, it's biking, hiking, mm -hmm. adventures, food, yeah. and it's quality time with whoever you're, you know, sailing with mm -hmm. to Absolutely. get off the boat because, you know, you are doing night watches, you are cooking and cleaning for each other, mm -hmm. and then you get to go play with it's each other. It's the camaraderie of it. It, no, is. it is. It is. And you get to visit places that, I mean, like, unless you travel by sailboat, you probably will never see. Um, I have to say... Sailing between destinations is really cool because you mm -hmm. never know what the coastline's gonna look like. Yeah, and that's really fun because yeah. I've been surprised. Yeah, oh yeah, I have too. I have yeah. too for sure. And and so you know, there's a, a great social life of of sa sailing. I mean, and actually, you can go back to one of our previous podcasts. I forget which episode it was, but it was called the social life of cruising. And I think that's a that'll give you a good glimpse of what the social life of cruising cruising is. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I mean, it is a lot of fun, and mm -hmm. mean, and we're sailing doodles, so people right. always want to talk and hang out with us, yeah. and they're just... It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, we're actually going to go, I think, going to go watch some football this afternoon, or maybe, I don't know what we want to do. With some I've been doing laundry with people I've yeah. been doing laundry with in the past yeah, this exactly. morning. Yeah, you meet the same people at different laundromats down the road, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's great. But, uh, you know, there's also a lot of stuff to do, like water sports-wise, you know, scuba, snorkeling, paddleboarding. It's a, just being a beach bum. There you go. Picnic, pic fishing, fishing, all that stuff. Yeah. It's a sun-kissed salt life, you know. I love it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you get all the vitamin D you need. Bingo. So, yeah. So I mean, it can be as peaceful as you want it, or the big party everywhere, and you know everything in between. Everything in between. So, but. But uh, so we hope you, we kind of describe this this whole thing they call sailing to you and what it's like living on a boat. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. We want to thank you for listening. And we really want to thank our Patreons for making this happen. And we couldn't do this without you. You can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Sailing Doodles. Or you just go to SailingDoodles.com. See us on YouTube. Yeah, you got to check out our YouTube channel too. If you're if you're just a fan of the podcast, check see, out the, uh, the YouTube videos. You see lots of our fun there. Yeah, we have 66 episodes. Uh, plus another like 30 or 40 maintenance mondays and other videos I was gonna say lots of our work maintenance yeah. mondays yeah. yep so check that out and again of course thank you uh gulf charters thailand and island spirit uh, catamarans for letting us use the boat absolutely and uh you'll you'll see more of them from the future if you ever want to check out sailing school and stuff like that gulf charters thailand it's uh, also sailing look school them thailand. up as well yeah but uh thank oh and uh you can check out our instagrams uh they're the, for the for the show it's at sailing doodles or for laura it's at fml what, what do we decide that means now First mate laughing. First mate laughing. Uh, Laura. L-A-U-R-A. -A. All, right, so. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next um, podcast episode, which will be out next week. I think it's going to be, um, what's the difference between a catamaran and a monohull? A Is lot that of what we're going to do? I think so. A lot of people have been asking. What's, Stuff about scuba diving. Well, but I think the next one will be catamaran versus monohull. Which do we prefer? And what are the pros and cons of each one? That's probably one of the most common questions we get. Well, we would like some comments on this. Yeah. That way we do know future topics as well. Yeah. So please uh, give us a review in iTunes or whatever medium you're watching this from. It really it, it really helps us to gain traction in, in that uh, that realm. So. Well, y'all asked for more, so this here it is. There we now go. Now we're doing podcasts. All right. Cheers, guys. All right. Cheers. <laughs>